Hello and welcome to A Very Full Plate, the podcast where we're all about real food talk with real parents. Your hosts for today are Amy, a natural foods chef and mom of two, and Emily, a professional home organizer and mom of three. Take it away, ladies. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. I'm your co-host, Amy. I turn parents into kitchen ninjas to help them feed their families healthy food more often. I'm all about balance, real life, and having fun in the kitchen. You can find me at cookingwithafullplate.com and my Facebook page of the same name. Hey, guys. This is Emily. I'm a professional organizer who helps my clients simplify their lives so that they can experience harmony in their homes again. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or visit hallharmonyhomes.com. Come along with us while we celebrate our small victories and laugh at our challenges. And thank you so much for listening. Well, Emily, I'm super excited today because people are going to get to hear my conversation with Shelly Robinson, who's all about moms taking care of themselves, basically. She's built a whole business around it. I know. I'm, I loved hearing from her. And I have to laugh because I felt like she was my sister from another mister. I was like, I need this woman in my mom tribe. I need to know her and be part of her life because she was, she was all parts awesome, real, and inspiring. The minute she started talking about chocolate in every one of her subscription boxes, I was like, oh, Emily's going to like this lady. <laughs> I know. She's like, I'm gluten-free. We love chocolate. She's very realistic. She loves to teach her kids like to cook and stuff. And I loved all of those things. In my perfect world, I would be a lot like this woman. Well, I I totally pinpointed the something that you just mentioned, which is I love how she's bringing her kids in the kitchen and teaching them to cook. And I think people are going to be amazed by what her son, who's a little bit older than my son's, um, does for himself in the kitchen. And that's a really cool tidbit from this interview. I, I loved it. I think the theory of empowering your children is big. The theme of that is big in this episode. And I think we kind of forget to do that. Like sometimes I throw my kids in front of a TV while I cook dinner and I think to myself, I should probably be involving them in it tonight, but I'm not. But other times when I do, I see such a better result. It's so interesting that you say that because that's been a theme in a couple of interviews I've had recently. And I definitely want to dig in together on how we can involve our kids in the kitchen without going crazy in one of our future episodes. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's go ahead and let everyone hear my interview with Shelly Robinson from A Lively Box. All right, everyone. I am so excited to be here today with Shelly Robinson. We got connected through a Boss Moms group, so I know that she's a fellow entrepreneurial mom. And I'm going to let you tell, I'm going to let her tell you all about herself and what exactly, exactly she does with her time. But I'm also just really excited to dive in today around what it looks like balancing feeding your family well or feeding your family better. Sometimes better is just as good as well. And how you do that in the midst of building a business. So thank you for being here today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So yeah, I'm Shelly Robinson and I have two kiddos. I have a seven-year-old and an almost three-year-old who I'm already calling a three-nager. And, um, I live in Columbus, Ohio, and I run a self-care subscription box for moms called Alively. And I started that, I launched that actually in January of this year. So it's been a whole new level of fun and crazy and food, meal prepping, balancing and all of that stuff. So I love this conversation that we're having because it's such a, I think we forget about that as business owners and moms. And we're like, oh yeah, we also have to like keep some smooth, you know, consistency going with our food, with our family. So yeah, I'd love to talk about that. 
That's awesome. You know, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about, and there's been some articles recently around like kind of the emotional um, ownership that moms take in their family and those kinds of things. But I will at some point interview a dad because I think mom or dad, it doesn't matter when you bring kids into the mix there is always going to be someone who has to take on, like they have this pesky habit of needing to be fed and all those things. (laughs) That's right. And so there's always one of us who has to take that on, right? And um, in my house, that's me who has Mm -hmm. taken that on. It makes sense based on what I do for work. But I'd be curious to hear a little bit more about with you pursuing this thing like subscription boxes is not an easy business and working really hard on that since January. I see you super active in all kinds of groups. What does it look like to find balance between taking care of your family, specifically around food, but also in general, while also putting your passion and your heart and your energy into building something like this business? Yeah, gosh, that is such a good question. And I wish there was a magical answer, but I think for all of us, we're just all works in progress, right? So this is just treating it kind of like an experiment with like lower expectations. I'm finding works really well for me because I think, you know, in a perfect world, we map out this little plan and we're like, this is going to go that way. And we're going to eat this snack and we're going to eat this meal. And it just doesn't always go that way. So I think planning is super important, but I think equally important is knowing that the plan might not go as planned. And just not being... And that, I think, prevents moms, or at least me, from flying off the handle and getting upset that like, oh, like we talked about having the snack 20 minutes ago, and now you want something like completely different. Just having that mental flexibility, I think, is really key. So that's one thing. It's just being flexible, but also having boundaries and saying like... And explain... For me, what works really well is explaining to my kids ahead of time, like my expectations. And does that work all the time? Of course not. But just for them to know what to expect and not like think that they're going to run the show when it comes time to eating, it definitely mitigates the the drama for sure. So being flexible, but also being firm in your boundaries and your expectations, I think creates some level of calm. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I heard two like really important themes there that I just want to draw out for our listeners. Yeah. The first is just like giving yourself grace. And this is yes. something that Emily talks a lot about, and I know that she has on her heart, my co-host has three little ones, like under five, that she's raising while um, working with me on this podcast. And, you know, I think grace is just like such an important theme to keeping your cool in motherhood in general, but it has so many applications to food, the food we feed ourselves and the food we feed our families as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing I heard you say that's so important is just that like upfront expectation setting and saying yeah. like in really clear words, what it yeah. is you expect your kids to do and then bracing yourself for them being kids. Yeah, exactly. Cause you know, kids want leaders. Like they don't want someone that's like, I don't know, like, do you want this or that? I think they like knowing to some degree, like there's a level of certainty. And then of course they want to test that and that's their job. Always. And that's oh, where you're saying, yeah, that's their job to say like, oh, can I test that boundary? How far up against that boundary can I push? And, you know, that's like the ebb and flow of life and motherhood and all of this, you know, magicalness that we're in. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. So I would love to hear a little bit about um, your the way your family eats. Yeah. So on, on this podcast, we're all about like doing better, whatever better looks like for you. So I'd be sure. curious, like what, what does your 
family's typical eating look like and what would better look like for you? Like, what do you guys strive to improve upon? Because I think yeah. all of us are doing that constantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No one is eating. Well, no one's eating perfectly that I know. There might be some really fancy blogger out there that's doing it, but it is not, not us. <laughs> we don't like them. <laughs> no. Fancy. So um, I don't know if, I don't know. I can't remember if you and I talked about this prior, but before this subscription box, I was a health coach for six years. I didn't um, know that. So I have this background of, you know, I, I'm very passionate about healthy eating and cleaning and all of that. That does not mean we don't have treats, you know, sometimes and things like that. So I always approached everything really balanced and very like, you know, reasonably. So the way we eat now is pretty clean. We try to, I'm really, um, you know, I really talk a lot about with my kids, like reading ingredients and just not in like a judgmental or shameful tone, but just like, Hey, FYI, this is what's in this. And this, so you know, what's going in your body. And so I like them to make informed decisions. Now my two-year-old of course, isn't quite there. But my seven-year-old, it's interesting when he goes to choose a snack, he kind of reaches for the labels and he looks at that now. So kind of instilling that in them, I think young is really helpful. But in Hold on, general, I want to pause there because I yeah. don't want to lose this thread and, yeah. and I tend to lose threads if sure. I get too deep. So tell me a little bit about what teaching a seven-year-old about label reading looks like because okay. I think this applies to adults, not just kids. Sure. There are going to be some tidbits here. So like, what are the things you would have him look for? And how do you teach him to make those informed decisions with all the mumbo jumbo back there? I know. Absolutely. So I try to keep it very simple at this age because he's, you know, he's a new reader. And so I don't expect him to be able to read a lot of the words. But that being said, I say it needs to be five ingredients or less. In most cases, I'm sure there are some exceptions where you can have more than that. And it's still a good thing to eat. And then you need to be able to pronounce everything or at least sound it out. And again, I'm sure there are exceptions. It's not a black and white rule, but it's just a nice filter for him to look through. So when he goes to the store, he, it's really cute because he's like counting and he's sounding it out. And so I think that it gives him a foundation. And, and then, you know, when he gets things that are more than that, he, it's like, he's like the food police. He's like, mommy, this is too much. You know, even if I bought something, I'm like, Oh shoot. Well, I'm like every once in a while. And that leads me to another thing. The third thing I tell him is we approach it like with a, um, red light, yellow light, green light approach. So we say, this is a green light. Like you can eat as many celery sticks or carrots or whatever apples. And then the yellow lights are things like that are more like kind of treats, but they're not, they're not bad. They're just kind of like more once in a while sorts of things. And then the red lights are the things that we try to stay away from altogether. So he kind of knows what those look like. So that's a fun kind of gamey way to do it. I I love that. And I know you said like, it's not always true if it's not five ingredients or less or those kinds of things. But I think sometimes keeping it simple, not just for our kids, but for yeah, ourselves, right. goes a really long way because it's not to say that you never eat something that has more than five ingredients. That's but right. I love that idea of having this guide and this really easy touch point to say, if it is more than this, then I am going to take some extra consideration. That's right. Instead of just like blindly being like, well, this is what I always buy or this is what the commercials tell me I should buy. So I'm going to do it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So it's fun instilling that in them. That's something I'm super passionate about. And it's just, it's kind of like a natural part of our lifestyle. I love that. And so I, I interrupted your thoughts. So you, Oh, that's okay. Seven year old to read the the labels. Yeah. Go ahead. Would you say that your family like subscribes to any particular way of eating or is it just like whole real unprocessed food? It's whole real unprocessed food, except for we don't do gluten. We've 
not done gluten for many years and we're just all really sensitive to it. I struggled with infertility for a really long time. And so eliminating that helped me. My husband's really sensitive to it. And now we're finding that our kids, no one's celiac, but we just noticed that we don't feel the best when we eat it. So it's not going to like really hurt us if we have it, but it, we just generally, it's better to just for us to stay away from it. Absolutely. So, Emily's yeah. family is also gluten-free and I was gluten-free okay. for a long time, like three years. Yeah. I struggled with a bunch of stuff, found out I had a sensitivity and I've actually, okay. I've been able to work it back into my diet yeah. um, yep. in there, but I yep. have to say really limited in the amounts and I'm not always good about that. And sometimes yeah. staying off it all together is easier than being like, uh, I'll only have pizza once a month or It is. Yeah. <laughs> you get a, like a taste of it and it's like when you give the mouse a cookie. <laughs> it's so true. It's yeah. so true for yeah. kids and adults alike. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, we, but we try to approach eating I would say simply, I don't have time for complicated. Like even if I was like this master chef and I wanted to be really over the top and fancy, I just like, you know how it is. You're working, you're balancing young kids. And it's just like, I want like three or four like basic things on my kid's plate, my plates. And I don't really want to have to think about it. And that's just really for my own sanity, but you know, it's clean and simple and healthy and hopefully it tastes good. Although my kids would maybe disagree on some things. (laughs) Sometimes my husband would disagree. And I love that because we've had a personal chef on this show. I Uh trained as a chef and I have that background. But honestly, what we eat is pretty boring by Pinterest standards. Right, right. Because life. Yeah. And more important to me is that we have some vegetables and we have some whole grains and we have like a balanced yes. nutrition. Then we have some like Pinterest worthy 25 layer lasagna or whatever. Right is trending currently. So yeah. can you tell us maybe if you can remember what you had for dinner yeah. last night? Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. What does that look like? And what does your planning process look like for making sure you guys have healthy food on hand? Yeah. So let's see. Last night we had salmon and veggies. I think we had broccoli and some rice. So that was like a pretty boring and basic, you know, but I mean, we always jazz it up with sauces and things like that. And then the night before, it was like really rainy and dreary. And this is where we kind of approach it with like the balance. We had like grilled cheese and tomato soup and it was like gluten-free bread and all that. But it's just, that was more of like a treat for us. But like, I feel like I can't do this like paleo, clean, perfect eating every night of the week or I would go a little crazy and there's no way my kids would go for that. So just kind of upgrading things, like you said, just doing better you know, and so eating the way grilled cheese today is like wildly different than I, how I ate it like 10 years ago. So I'm like good with that. So it's just always such a mix. And then I try to have like the way I approach our meal planning is I try to have some consistency, at least a few days a week. So three, so one day is always a breakfasty dinner one day. Let's see. It's taco Tuesday. Usually. I don't know that we did that last night, but normally it's taco Tuesday. And then one night is takeout night. So those are three days that like mentally I'm like, that's what we're doing. We're not, it's not up for discussion. And then the other days we sit down on Sunday and like, I ask my kids and my husband, I'm like, what sounds good to you guys? Because I don't want to hear the whining and complaining. Like everyone yeah. weighs in. So everyone kind of gets the pick. And I have like a spreadsheet of things to choose from that we've, our family favorites. And then people, you know, they point and choose like, well, I want to try this this week. And so we try to do it as a team because I don't want to bear that wait every week because I get a little resentful and I want my kids to understand that like there's actually work and planning that goes into putting food on the table and it's not magic. 
Like this actually takes some like brain power and money and like planning and you need to understand that. So yeah. I I love giving your kids a glimpse. One, giving them ownership into the decisions that are made so that inevitably when they sit down and they're like, I don't like spaghetti and meatballs anymore when they loved it last week. Yes. They've been part of that decision. Yes. Secondly, I think so much of what we do as moms or maybe like the parents who are primarily taking on childcare, whatever insert description here um, is sort of not taken for granted, but kind of like behind the scenes would be a better way of describing it. Your clothes show up in your drawer and they're clean and you have something to pick out and wear to school. And giving them a glimpse into that, like already with my four-year-old, I try to be conscientious around like, hey, he's terrible at folding clothes. He's four. But I still like try and show him how to do it and how to put things away because it's not magic. Someone has to do it. And in our house, multiple someones are doing it all the time to keep things running. Yeah. I love that. And it gives you such a sense of teamwork and ownership, like you said. And I think that's important for kids because they like to feel like they're accomplishing something. And you know, something else that we do when my son especially doesn't like the dinner and he's kind of going through this phase right now where like what you just said, like he likes something this week and not this last week. And so I hesitate to say this because I don't want it to come across as a humble brag, but I think it, it, it like goes to show like when you set expectations, it sometimes works. So if he doesn't like something and at the end of the day, you know how we all feel at the end of the day, it's like five o'clock, it's like a witching hour and we're like, just eat your food. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you're almost eight. And if you don't like what we have, that is okay. But you need to kind of pick something out of the fridge that you can make on your own. And I, he knows how to make scrambled eggs. Like there's a few things he can make, like a sandwich or eggs. And so right now for like the last six or eight months, he makes a giant salad. He's like, I don't want your food. I'm going to make a salad. And I'm like, and I almost get upset with him sometimes. I'm like, I just made this. We spent money. He's like, I just want my salad. And I'm like, Really? I'm like, okay, like that's fine. So he like sits there and like chops everything Okay. And it's crazy. I'm like, I I know. I'm like, I'm going to look back on this one day and be like, this was magic. So I'm not going to complain, you know, so I'm always grateful, but it's still, I'm like, really? I just made homemade pizza. You know what? You're having salad. So I'm like, are you doing this? Just, (laughs) but I just let it go. Isn't so much of parenting wrapped up in perspective? Yes. Yes. The other day I was having one of those days. This is a offshoot story, but I was having one of those days where you're just like in it, like so deep in it that you don't see any way out. And I was like all day with a one-year-old and four-year-old and there's a contractor doing work. And I was like, oh my goodness, my kids don't even want to eat the food that I make. If I can't get them to do that and that's my job, like I might as well just, (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Hire someone else for this job. (laughs) And the contractor who clearly had not been around kids for like a long time. Sure. Yeah. Extended periods of time was like, wow, you're really running a circus. And I like had that moment of like, oh gosh, he thinks we're crazy. And he's like, you just seem like you're having so much fun with it though. And I was like, you know, I didn't think I was having fun, but that has changed my perspective on this. And it's the same with your son in the salad. Like how, how annoying that he doesn't want to eat what you make just to validate your feelings. Yeah. How amazing that one, he has the skills to chop things. Yeah. I've met met seven-year-olds that don't even know what most vegetables look like so that he has the wherewithal and you've given him the understanding to know how to put these things together and what they look like, let alone, you know, to want to eat them is just 
so amazing. Yeah. You know what? I think you just perfectly described motherhood, that paradox of being annoyed and grateful all at the same time. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like yes. that intersection. It's just And there's, there's something about food that for me, and it sounds like for you, I think yeah. partially because we are food people and yeah. health people can really like hit that annoyed, irked part yeah. of motherhood in you. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. I am trying not to take this personally, but oh, eat this pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, I put all my love into it. (laughs) So I have a question because I don't have a seven-year-old yet, Uh but I've I've worked with some older kids and I'm so curious, like, what did it look like to get to your, your son to the point where he not only knew about salads, but also like, it sounds like he chops things up himself. Like, what does that look like? What tools does he use? I know we're going to have listeners who want to know, like, how can I get my kids doing something like this? Also, give us all your tips. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think starting young, I mean, he, he's been exposed to this for most of his life, mommy eating salads, daddy eating salads. And we're not like salad. We're not like, we don't eat like rabbits. We eat, we eat a lot of food. I just genuinely like, like salad. I think I grew up eating them. So that just goes to show you how that kind of like, um, goes into your adult life. And so he has always seen me and I love including him. Like, I think when I first, when I was a first a mom, I like wanted to separate my him from what I was working on because it was just kind of annoying and like he was in my way. And I was like, just let me do this. But then I was like, you know what? Join me. Like, just come be with me. And that was an opportunity to bond with him and connect with him in a really cool way where I also got to teach and get something done. And so he's just always been around it. And it's just part of our lifestyle. And then as far as like the tools he uses, I mean, there's really nothing off limits in the fridge food wise for him to eat like on a salad. And then with the knives and things like that, that are dangerous, I started out being right beside him, showing him and teaching him when he was like five or six. And now it's just a matter of trust. I mean, sure he could slice his finger off, but so could I, I'm like probably more reckless with the knives than he is. Cause I've instilled the fear of God about the knives. I'm like, you will cut your finger off if you're crazy with this. And I think he's like legit terrified of losing a finger. So he's so like Fair. You know, careful. And then I'm like crazy pants when I'm like, chop, 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 you know, I'm like, I'm like, well, you're yelling at someone. So in fact, they just had to get me a bandaid the other day. So I think he's like very conscious about it, but yeah, I think it's just giving them that power and that kind of the grace that you said, like, I trust you. And I think that you have the, the smarts and the responsibility to do this. And it just, it's, it's really cool to watch them kind of step into that. Do you have a special knife for him or does he use like your actual kitchen chef's knives? He uses my knives, but it's a smaller one. Okay. I know. I feel like. No, no, no. Service is going to show up on my doorstep, but I mean, it's, he does fine. And he's been doing this for almost two years now. And so I, I feel comfortable and I'm very like particular about the way he holds it. But yeah, he does use mine. He started out though with a kid type knife when he was like five-ish. So he's kind of graduated up to that. I kind of feel the same way. I, so my, my son, since he was like two and a half, I've had him using the like nylon kids knives. Spend a lot of time like focusing on safety. And then I just saw these really cool knives. I'll link to them in the show notes. Oh yeah. Recommended that are like, legitimate knives, but they're like made more for kids' hands. Oh, cool. And then I recently taught like a 10-year-old cooking class and we'd used exactly what you said, which is like a, um, it's like a five-inch Santoku knife. So it's like a smaller 
chef's knife than like my 10 inch one, which is like right. too big for some adults. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was asking not because I'm afraid that he's using your knives, but more because I think it's like really interesting to understand yeah. how someone who's involved in food brings their kid along on that journey. Yeah. And I think it's just one of the most important parts, like forget healthy eating or even how your family gets fed, yeah. but just this idea of showing your kids what taking care of themselves looks like in right. this case, in the form of food is such yeah. an important life skill that they will now know that food doesn't come just from like a package from the freezer. Yeah, I know. It's it's interesting how disconnected as a society we are from our the, the food that we eat. You know, it's just it's almost like magic to us now because of the convenience of so many things and it's I think it's just so important to like remember where that comes from so that you can appreciate it and and just integrate it into your life more consistently. That's such a good point is like, it is magic to so many people. It is. Yeah. Uh, here's another funny story. So mm-hmm. I used to, I worked at Whole Foods for like six years before okay. bringing my business online and I was a trainer, but in, during the holidays, it's like all hands on deck. And yeah. so they would often put me in the meat department because they thought it was funny that I was the healthy eating trainer. And then I would be in the meat department. <laughs> and I, I actually loved it because it's like, so crazy during the holidays, especially Thanksgiving and everyone's stressed out and you can like bring so much joy. Plus there's this like really fun part around working in the meat department of trying to like get the exact right poundage of meat Uh that someone orders. Like it's a game. Yeah. (laughs) Here's the funny thing. This like magic is so people would order turkeys and there's a range on the turkeys because by the way, they're animals and we don't know exactly what they were going to weigh. Right. And they'll come to pick up their like 10 to 15 pound turkey or whatever the range is. And they're like, can you just make sure I get one that's 12 and a half pounds? (laughs) <laughs> and I'm be like, I will do my best. Maybe there's right. a 12 and a half pound turkey there, right? That's right. Like also not buried under a pile of other turkeys. <laughs> but by the way, like it, this was an animal. Like, do you understand right. that no one created this 12 and a half pound turkey just for you? And it right. just reminded me of how disconnected we truly are yes. to think like, I just need this exact thing. And why don't you have it? Right, right. Everything's like in a neat and tidy box because you're yeah. used to seeing that that's how life is and like most of the grocery aisles. So to have something like not conform to your yes, it's like, what? I can't have it that way? Absolutely. All right. So I would be super curious. I know that you are a busy lady and you have all of this entrepreneurial work going on as well. So I would love to know what is your superpower in feeding your family well when you have lots of other priorities in your life also? Oh gosh, that's a good question. I think what I'm really good at is planning and kind of projecting and fork. And this is what I do in the subscription box industry. And it just dawned on me that like, that's why I'm probably good at that too, but kind of, kind of like projecting what we're going to have for the following week and doing a pretty good job of sticking to that with our budget and what we eat. And so we have eaten the way we eat for so long. We have kind of like this list of snacks and meals and things that are like our go-tos. It's kind of almost like a drag and drop for me when I'm planning out my week. So I'm consistent that every Friday I map out meals and snacks and you know all the all the things that we're gonna eat and then kind of creating a list and doing the shopping over the weekend and just implementing that and sticking to it. And kind of pulling everyone in together as a family. And we talked about that already, but kind of doing it in like a communal sense, not just, I mean, I, I do do the planning mostly because I like it. And that's something that 
I mean, I want their, I want their input for what we're going to eat, but just kind of mapping all that stuff out and being really intentional about it, I think is my superpower because I don't think there's anything wrong with flying by the seat of your pants when it comes to grocery shopping, but doing that in conjunction with running a business and having little, it's just, it would be too much on my mental. Right. So it just helps me to know what's coming up. So do you grocery shop for everything all at one time? And when you meal plan, do you plan all of your meals or is it just dinners? Yeah. So I will be honest. It was, there was a point in the school year where I was planning all of the meals because I had to, I was packing lunches and um, even breakfast. I just wanted to wake up and know what everyone was having. And sometimes with a two-year-old and a seven-year-old, like one of them wants one thing and one of them wants the other. So I had to just be like, you guys, we're all eating the same thing. Now that it's summer, the dinners are always planned out, but the lunches and breakfast is now that we're all at home together. I'm like, ah. I mean, it's not bothering me. So I'm going to just keep letting that go probably for the summer, as long as it's not causing chaos, but dinners for sure. And then even snacks, I think snacks, I, we haven't talked about this yet, but snacks are one, they're almost like worse than dinner. It's like all day, like, can I have a snack now? How about now? How about now? <laughs> so it's just like, I feel like I need to have really like healthy clean stuff on hand so that if they do get hungry, it's like, here's what you can have any time of day. I don't care, you know, but everything else is kind of like at a certain time of day, you know, so I have like a veggie tray and a fruit tray that you can just nibble on during the day. I love it. I, I Yeah. Snacks are so stressful to me. So I would love to yeah. hear a little bit more. Like you have a veggie tray and you have a fruit tray. Is that stuff you've cut up? And then like, are there other go-to snacks, maybe like packaged stuff that you feel really yeah. good about that you have on hand? Yeah. So they can always have like a fruit. Yeah, I always have a fruit tray and a veggie tray in the fridge. And then there's, we get like these nuts, these mixed nuts from Costco that they can have. Um, not like all the time because they would be super full, but they know that they can like have a handful yeah. And then as far as like packaged things go, they really, these are a little expensive, so they can't have them all the time. But like the Bobo Bites, that, that's the brand that we like because it's gluten-free and they're like these little oat muffins. Um, okay. Really good. Oh, Bobo. Bobo Bites. I yeah. love those things. I've yeah. gotten the bars before. They're super tasty. Yeah. They're really nice and clean. And then I try to make some muffins and things like that to have on hand. I have been slacking on that now that school's out. We're still trying to find our own summer rhythm where I'm like, everyone's home all the time. Like I'm just not used to it. So, but I'm trying to get back into making the snacks because you know, like packaged snacks, even the healthy ones are expensive. And it's like, I just went to the store the other day and all I could think of was my kids saying, I want a snack. I want a snack. I want a snack. And I bought, I overbought. Cause I just, I was in that mindset of thinking, I just don't want them whining about snacks. And I like spent $50 more than I intended to spend. So it's just, it goes to show you that like how their little voices are like in your head. And if you don't plan, and I didn't plan that trip as well as I normally do. And I was just like, whoa, that was not high. I, I hear you. I went to Costco the other day and that's like always. It's like a small mortgage. It's like, what just happened? <laughs> The amazing thing about Costco is you can come home and still not have anything for dinner. I know. You're like, what's for dinner? I didn't want three pounds of chicken. So I didn't buy my chicken there, but I bought, you know, six bell peppers or whatever it was. And it's like, now I have a, like a lifetime supply of bell peppers, but no anything to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Silly. I know. So do you mind my asking, you cannot answer this, but what does your weekly budget for groceries look like for your family of four? So... 
our goal with like the way we eat with mostly organic and natural and all that stuff, it's usually our goal is 180 to 200. We do not always meet that because we have a hard time. We go to Costco as well. Like we have a once a month Costco trip. Yeah. And so that throws things off a little bit because you end up getting things like paper towels and whatever weird stuff. You're like, oh, I need a new jacket. <laughs> so I'm still mastering like, and I know you can do that and there's apps and I know all that, but you know, like mastering that splitting out, like, did I really just spend a million dollars at Costco or was some of that just like toilet paper? So, but when on the week to week, like at an actual grocery store, um, it's usually 180 to 200. And then Costco's kind of a bit of a wild card. True words have never been spoken. (laughs) We have a mutual friend, Melissa Rhonda, who is on a podcast episode that folks will have heard by the time we get to yours also. And we were messaging the other day after Costco. And I was like, I don't know. I bought jeans because (laughs) they were there. Costco jeans don't fit that great. So they're going back. But I (laughs) I was like, okay, I spent 200 something at Costco, but really, it wasn't all food because there right. were pants. Yeah. Why there right. were pants? No one knows. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, I think that's actually like for someone who's really focused on organic, wholesome food and a family of four, that's a pretty modest budget. And I know it won't sound like that to all of our listeners, but yeah. I am just coming into my own with this like family of four. Yeah, budgeting because with a one-year-old, he's only just starting to eat in earnest. And I've told listeners before, my four-year-old like almost didn't impact our budget at all because he's like he mm-hmm. eats like a bird, like he lives okay. there and yeah. running around. Yeah. Um, and I, now I'm like, oh my gosh, these kids really eat. Maybe the yeah. smaller one more than the bigger one, and it, mm-hmm. it is hard to manage that and also get foods that you know your kids are going to love. So it's like my right. kids love berries. And if it were yeah. just me, I'd only buy them in the summer when they're yeah. in season and they're inexpensive. And that's yeah. just, sometimes you just have to buy what they're going to eat too. Especially I know. I know. And you know what? You mentioned berries and that reminds me that like, I don't eat any of that stuff anymore. I mean, I do sometimes, but like, I'm like, it's so expensive. Even at Costco, you, when you're getting it involved and they eat fruit, like it's again, magic. It's like, oh, this just like comes, it rains down fruit it rains down organic raspberries and I'm just going to eat as much as I want. And I'm like, okay, you guys eat all the berries and mommy will just eat like, you know, like, I don't know, a banana. Yes. It's just, I'm afraid to touch it because they shred through it. And then now that it's summer in my son's home, I'm like, do you do this at school? Like, can you eat snacks all day at school? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, but yeah, yeah they shred through it. Like it's water. It's my, my husband and I talk about this all the time is that we have this like guilt around eating our kids' berries. Yeah. Like yeah. the berries <laughs> that we purchase are our kids' berries. And he'll be like, oh, I had some blueberries today. They're yeah. actually really good, turns out. And it's, I know, right? I know. I'm like, I haven't had these blueberries in months. They're like, heaven. <laughs> Seriously, the only time I get berries, not the only time I get berries, I could empower myself to eat the same berries as them, right? But then I'd be spending yeah. even more at the grocery store. So I'll yes. use like the frozen yeah. berries in my smoothie and be like, well, there's my berry intake. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's not the same as just a nice bowl of fresh, non-frozen no. berries. They get that with all their family. <laughs> yeah. I think we should challenge ourselves and our listeners to have some berries this week. Like, <laughs> that your indulgence. Yeah. You deserve berries too, mom and dad. That's true. I'm going to go up at lunch today and be like, I'm eating these and you guys can just eat something else. A banana. <laughs> yeah, a banana. Eat your junky clementines. 
like those are, but those are like the cheaper fruits that I eat, like clementines and bananas. And then like, for sure, berries are like filet mignon of the fruit oh. work, you know? Oh my gosh, you're in my kitchen. That's so uh-huh. true. I went to Costco just to get berries because I was uh-huh. like, I don't have organic ones right now and I won't pay like $9 for a pint. Mm-hmm. I'll pay $9 for, you know, two pints or whatever. Yes, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh so, <laughs> so we've heard about your superpower, and I think planning is like I wish I had that superpower. I'm I'm a fast cook. That's my superpower. Okay. But planning oh, is not cool. mine. Yeah. Um. What would you say is your kryptonite when it comes to eating well? Kryptonite. Um. You mean like a type of food, or just a type of food, or like a habit, or. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you. Well, you know what? Yeah, the other day when it was rainy, like I had something else mapped out. So I do plan. And then like when it's rainy out or I've had an overwhelming day or I just don't feel like I turn into like a five-year-old. I'm like, I don't really feel like this, you know? I'm like, let's <laughs> let's make something else more comforting. So we don't like eat a whole lot of dairy because again, like it's just enough of us have some digestive issues with it that we just don't do it that much. But the other night, it was going to be like something like grilled chicken and stir fry. And I was like, or the grilled cheese. So, I mean, it's just like, I kind of tend to react to like weather or moods or emotions. And I'm like, let's eat this instead. That's usually still pretty healthy, but then it throws off my budget a little bit where I'm like, well, now I have to like figure out how to use this. So not always my strength, but planning it, I'm pretty good at. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I think that makes you more human because one of my challenges with planning is like, well, I don't know what I'm going to want that right. day. And yeah. the definitely affects that. And stressful days definitely affect that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, and I get it. And again, it gives you like some empathy for your kids where you're like, well, I get that you don't want this because I don't really want it either. But, you know, like, and I yeah. get the point of view a little bit more because there's nights where I don't really want what I bought. <laughs> so... Totally. And it's like, you realize that they're not driven by the logic and the adult concerns that we are, which is like, I bought this food and I don't want it to go to waste and I want us to eat healthy and all the way on my Mm -hmm. mind. And so I can get into eating a stir fry when I might not otherwise choose it. Right, right. But not as much for them. You just hand them a bottle of ketchup and be like, go to town, you guys. Like, that's the only thing that... (laughs) (laughs) My kids aren't super into ketchup, so Uh, we'll just like eat it on anything. Well, they'll eat ketchup or mustard. Like we, I introduced last year, I introduced them to like raised cauliflower to supplement like, you know, yeah, like faux mashed potatoes. So it was like mixed with them. And they're like, I think mustard would be amazing on this. And I'm like, please. I mean, oh, they were so good. I was like, so proud of them. They were like creamy and whipped. And my son's like, and he's just like squirting mustard. And then his little sis, who's like two, he, she's like, I want mustard. And he squirts it all over her. And they were eating it like it was chocolate cake. And I was dry heaving. I was like, you guys are so gross, but I don't care because you're eating it whatever. Is this like the yellow deli mustard? Just, yes. Just like, it's like a dollar mustard bottle and they were eating it like it was, and they put it on sauerkraut. They like have this, I have a tart taste, but like I like tart things too, but not like mustard on things like that. Yeah. So they have like a tart sort of thing that they like that they crave and it's, they just eat pickle. Yeah. It's so I good. don't even think my kids have had mustard. Now that you're mentioning oh. that, I'm like, oh, I'm really? denying them access to mustard. You, it could be, it could open up a whole new world for you guys. <laughs> but, but I'm with you. I have this sort of like sensitivity that I, I try to let go of when I'm cooking for my family. But if someone like salts the food I made before they yeah. even try it, or my husband yeah. will like put hot sauce on something before he tastes it. And I'm like, 
can you at least taste what I made before you right. modify it? And yeah. my kids aren't in the modifying phase yet, but I could totally see feeling like that same personal pull of like, uh-huh. I get that this isn't personal. And right. yeah. <laughs> Though that cauliflower mashed potato does not go with mustard. Right. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. And then they try to feed it to me and I'm like, oh. <laughs> so yucky. <laughs> they're like, mommy, it's so good. You oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but, I know and, that there are going to be some folks listening who are jealous that your kids would eat your cauliflower mashed potatoes as well. So I think it goes I, back to that perspective. Thing. It, exactly. It's that gratitude and annoyance intersection where I'm like, I'm so grateful that you eat this, but I'm also gagging a little bit. And like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Oh man. So as a way of wrapping up our conversation about food, I would just love to ask you, it sounds like you have lots of great recipes and maybe a spreadsheet that you track what your family loves on. Are there favorite websites that you have for finding awesome recipes? Because I know folks would love to um, Mm -hmm. likewise create their own family favorite spreadsheet. Yeah, that is an excellent question. Um, The two places I go to most often are probably wellnessmama.com. She just has a lot of clean, simple things. And um, Detoxinista is another one because she's very gluten-free friendly. And both of those women have children. And so they try to like accommodate yeah. family-friendly stuff. So yeah. I, I love those. And we haven't talked about either of those sites on this podcast before. So okay. I'm so glad you mentioned them. I'll include uh-huh. the links to their websites in the show notes. But I actually made, I've been obsessed with Detoxinista's chocolate chip cookies. They are oh, so good and so okay. dangerous because like you'll mm. eat the whole tray of them, but it's just yeah. flour, maple syrup, coconut oil, um, baking soda, a little bit of salt, mm. some vanilla and chocolate chips. And so and it's only like three tablespoons of maple syrup for the whole batch. So oh my gosh. if you're looking for a treat for your kids this week, it's yeah. like a legit healthy thing that kids love to eat. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny. The Wellness Mama site has a really wonderful chocolate chip recipe. So maybe I will test them both just for the sake of science. Absolutely. I want to hear your results. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've had so much fun talking with you about food, but I don't want to miss the chance to introduce our readers to the work that you're doing on your subscription box. So I would love if you could tell us a little bit more about what your Alively subscription box is all about where folks can find it. And also how did this even come to be? Like what took you from the health coaching world to working on subscription boxes? Yeah. Yeah. I will give you the nutshell version of that because I feel like it's a long story, but I can compress it. So I was a health coach for moms for six years and I just felt kind of last, it was about a year ago. I felt just really called to do something else. I'd been in that service space for so long. I felt like I wanted to sell something tangible and and having worked with moms for so long, I would always be recommending products and brands and snacks and things like that. And I just, moms, like, you know, when you're in the season of like motherhood where you have littles, dragging them to the store and looking at shelves or researching products is kind of exhausting. And so I just thought it would be really cool if I could automate this for moms. Like how, what if something showed up at their doorstep every month that was just healthy, but kind of, pam- you know, pampering and good for them and they didn't have to worry about reading the labels because someone was doing that for them. So that's kind of how Alively was born. And I had been reading this book over the summer and the quote was the greatest gift you can give your kids is to live fully alive yourself. And it just like hit me like a bolt of lightning, that word alive. And so that's how the word and the title of the the name of the box came to be. And um, so the box itself 
is a self-care subscription box for moms. And it's got about seven wellness goodies in it every month. And then I have a featured guest expert every month who runs these little jumpstart challenges inside of the Facebook group for subscribers. So I wanted the box to go just beyond the mailbox. I wanted it to be this community of women where we were all supporting each other and saying me too and solidarity and all of that where we didn't feel alone. So the, the community part of it is just as important as the products in the box because it's just my, my slogan for that is kind of like come for the box, stay for the party. We have so much fun in there together. Um, so yeah, it's been fun. It's gosh, I'm in month, month number six and it has been just so fun to see women like treat themselves to just say, yeah, I, I totally deserve this. And I'm, investing in myself. And it's been kind of cool to see women empower themselves from that way. I love that. And it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, I've talked to so many friends and even mm-hmm. on this podcast about just like how interesting it is, how easy it is to spend money on your kids and their yeah. activities and really to yeah. prioritize them. And then you're like, oh, I'm wearing a shirt with holes in it and yeah. stains on it. And yeah. I, it's not that anyone's telling me not to buy it for myself. Oh, it's that me, yeah. myself, it's hard for me to put myself not even first, but just like spend anything. Right, right. Yeah, it goes back to that berry conversation. Like we all do that where we're like, you guys have the berries. And so it's funny when I, before I launched this, I did a lot of research about what types of things women wanted to see. And one of the things I considered was including something for kids. And in hindsight, that would have been really hard logistically because what if one kid was a teenager and one was like a one-year-old, but I was just curious. And like 90% of the survey people who took it said, I don't want anything in there for my kids. I just want it for me because I get nothing. Like I go to the mail and I get bills and more bills and coupons and junk mail. And I just want something like just for me. So most of the women that are subscribers, like literally go in their closet and hide like (laughs) from their kids so that kids can't have it. But one of the things that's a guarantee in there every month is chocolate. So I always have some form of healthy chocolate in there. And that's where the kids are like, I want mommy's chocolate. But they try to do a good job of like keeping them out of the. <laughs> That's not easy because I was going to say like the thing for kids is that they get there's a box that comes in the mail. They're excited about that no matter what, right? It is, yeah, they get excited and it's fun because like I have all these fun pictures of moms opening it. What the, some of them do open it with their kids, but yeah, the kids they the kids like where's my box? <laughs> so can I'm just so curious personally. Like, can you tell us a little bit about? You said there's seven items each month. Like yeah. in this last month, or maybe in this upcoming yeah. month, what kinds of things? Oh, sure. Are in there? Yeah, I think I said wellness goodies, and that was like really broad. So um, it's a range of books or teas, or again, chocolate is in every box. Um, bath bombs were in last month's box. A sugar scrub, um, lotions. There's a really I do skincare sometimes, so face masks, but everything is non-toxic and free of all the chemicals and junk. So yeah, it's just something that you can use a few times a month to just treat yourself to pause and say, hey, I'm going to like do something for, I'm going to step out of the kitchen for like a hot minute and just go read a book or have a cup of tea or whatever it is that's in that box. So yeah, it's a mix of those sorts of things. I love that. So where can folks go if they're interested in learning more about the box or purchasing and treating themselves. Yeah. Uh, so the website's a livelybox.com and then on Facebook and Instagram it's um at a livelybox. Awesome. I'm going to include that in the show notes so that folks can easily click through if they're interested awesome. in learning more from you and connecting with you on Facebook. Shelly's right. Like I've seen a number of my entrepreneurial mom friends like do unboxings and opening things and I just think it's so fun to think about what you're able to bring into 
moms' lives. Yeah. Especially when it, it's so hard to, um, I don't want to say this like as a martyr, but like it, yeah. it really is just hard to take that step to put yourself first. And I could see how getting something in the mail would be not just a step in treating yourself, but also a reminder that now you have these things that you should do. Yeah. To not right. let them go to waste. <laughs> yeah. It's like deeper than the box. It's yeah, it is. And it kind of, you're, you're, you're forced to kind of like, you're like, well, I got this for myself. So I should probably use it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. It kind of keeps it going throughout the month. Yeah. Oh I love that idea so much. And I am just so grateful for you coming on today, Shelly, for taking the yeah. time for sharing with us some of your insights. Uh, by way of wrap up, I would love it. You said there's chocolate in the box every month. What is yeah. your favorite chocolate brand that people oh can look gosh. out for? I, the, my favorite, and I think my subscribers would agree. Like, I feel like I hit the jackpot with this one just kind of by sheer luck. I found it. It's called Hue Chocolate, H-U. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a company and their chocolate is by far the cleanest bar I've ever seen as far as the like, ingredients go. And the cashew butter is to die for. Like I have some, um, a little bit of inventory left over and it is so dangerous to have in my house. <laughs> I'm like, I need it caged off from me because it's so good. But yeah, that's been the clear winner and it's definitely been my favorite too. All right. I'm All right. off to go look up Hue Chocolate. I'm yeah. looking to getting myself in a lively box. So thank you again. Yeah. for being I really appreciate it. And I hope that everyone will check out the show notes and come check you out as well. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for having me. I had right. so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening.